You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Wednesday, July 29th, 2020. I'm your host, John B. from gangrenenation.com, and our episode today is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And since training camp is starting, I know some of you may be new to this podcast. This is a daily podcast on the New York Jets. We have new episodes each day, Monday through Friday. Welcome, and we hope you enjoy the show. Now, obviously, over the weekend, the Jets made a big trade, sending Jamal Adams to the Seattle Seahawks, along with a future fourth-round pick. And in exchange, they got two first-round picks, a third-round pick, and safety Bradley McDougald. And I've been thinking quite a bit about this trade over the last few days. And in the context of everything else that's happened this offseason with the Jets, this trade really shows me where the Jets view themselves as a franchise right now. And that's what I'm going to talk about on today's show. We're going to, to discuss where the Jets are right now, how they view the future. And in the NFL, I think that there are a couple different ways teams view themselves. You have the teams that are what I call the now teams. These are teams that are looking to have a big season in 2020. They're teams that have Super Bowl dreams. Now, of course, everybody has Super Bowl dreams, but these are there are teams that think that they can realistically have a path to winning a Super Bowl. And they're, you know, your Kansas Cities, your San Francisco's, teams like that, teams that enter the season as legitimate contenders. And then you also have what I'd call, I guess, our later teams, teams that are really building for the future, the teams that think that their realistic path to glory is probably one, two, maybe three years away in more extreme cases. And in some ways, these are misnomers because the vast majority of teams in this league are trying to both win now and set themselves up for the future. I mean, there, there are a few exceptions, you know, like the if you think back to maybe the Browns a few years ago, how they were not at all trying to win. You know, they were just trying to stockpile assets for the future or the Dolphins last year. The Dolphins were really not a team that was making a great attempt to win in 2019. They were really just focused entirely on the future. And I guess at the other end would probably be a team like the Rams who just like traded away all of their draft picks trying to have short term success. But the vast majority of teams in the league are both trying to win this year and trying to win in the future. And the degrees change. You know, the again, the Chiefs and the 49ers, they might be a little bit more inclined to give up future assets to try and win this year. Whereas another team might, you know, they might be trying to win this year, but they're not going to trade high draft picks because they know their path is kind of narrow. And I think the Jets fall into that area. They're more of a later team than a now team. I think and the, the Adams trade makes that clear. And so does the way the rest of the way they handled the offseason. And again, I'll, I'm going to emphasize this. The Jets are going to go out there and try and win games this year. This is not a situation like Miami last year where the focus is entirely on the future. You know, whenever you have a situation like Miami or Cleveland a few years ago, people say that the team is tanking. And I don't think that's really true because to me, what tanking is, that means you're bad intentionally just to get a high draft pick because you're thinking of like one or two specific players you want and I don't think that teams really do that in the NFL because 
you don't know. You could be like Miami last year. You know, if Miami was tanking, well, they ended up being much better than they thought they'd be with winning five games. And the other issue is that things change frequently when we're talking about the draft. A guy who looks like a great draft prospect at the start of the year could have a bad year. So you can't, I, I don't think any team in the NFL really tanks. I think what teams in the NFL do is they say, you know what? We can't win with this infrastructure we have right now. So we're just going to forget about trying to make a great effort to win this year. And we're just going to focus all focus everything on getting as many resources as we can for the future. That's what I think teams do in the NFL. And I don't think that's the Jets have gone that far because, again, I think the Jets are a team that's with the majority of the league. They're going to try and win this year, and they're also trying to build for the future. But I think the balance falls much more on the side of building for the future. I don't think that the Jets are a team that is going to use up a ton of resources just trying to chase 2020. I think that their focus is much more on the long term. And why do I say that? Well, there are a couple of reasons. And the Adams trade makes it obvious. Whenever you trade your best player two days, three days before the start of training camp, and you don't really get any assets that can help your team this year. I mean, it's even different if this trade happens in March and the Jets get 2020 draft picks who will be making their NFL debuts this year. Jets got, I mean, they did get Bradley McDougald. But really what Brad, Bradley McDougald is, is oh, I, I think a quality safety. And I do not mean to disparage Bradley McDougald in any way because I think he's, he's a solid player. I actually really like the fact Joe Douglas got him as a throw-in, as a replacement. But he's the only guy that's going to help the Jets this year. And what he's going to go do is go in and be not as good as Jamal Adams. But what the Jets got are an enormous number of assets for the future in terms of draft picks. And... That shows me that the Jets are focused. When you add this much draft capital for the future at the expense of the short term, it shows me that you're a team that's building for later. And I think if you, in retrospect, and you know, even at the time, it kind of felt like the, that's the way Joe Douglas was approaching free agency. Because if you look at the free agent deals the Jets gave out this offseason, they did not do what they have done, what they did under Mike McCagnan. They There were not a lot of deals that tied the Jets to players for the long term. In fact, I think Connor McGovern's really the only free agent signing of significance where the Jets committed for more than one year. You know, Brashad Perryman got a one-year deal. Jets brought Brian Poole back on a one-year deal. George Fant, Greg Van Roten, re-signing Alex Lewis. These were all players who signed multi-year contracts, but they were all structured in a way that the Jets can get out of them with minimal dead money after one year. These these are deals that give the Jets flexibility. And this is a sign that, you know, the Jets are not building for right now. This is a sign that the Jets are definitely thinking more to the future. And in some ways, these free agent signings, especially the, the multi-year deals, which are structured in a way that the Jets can get out of them after one year. In some ways, they're almost like kind of like tryout contracts for these players to, to give these guys a chance to show how they fit within the locker room, how they fit within the scheme, how they fit with their teammates. And after a year, the Jets are going to reevaluate these guys and see whether these are players they want as part of their long-term solution. So I, I think that ultimately, if you look at where things have gone for the Jets these were moves that were that show you that the Jets view things right now. They view themselves as more of a later team than the now team. And again, that's not to say that the Jets are just giving up on 2020. Those these players are going to go out there and try and win games. Jets are going to be disappointed if they have another, another seven and nine season or worse. They're going to try and win, but I don't think the Jets are necessarily going to use a ton of their assets for the future 
in order to try and upgrade them, the team in the present. And as the Jets think about their future, you should think about your car's future. Chain stores have different prices for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfer, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everyone and reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible and is it's for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Locked on Jets podcast here on this Wednesday. And on today's show, I'm talking about where I think the Jets are currently as a franchise. And a year ago when Joe Douglas came to the Jets... I looked at what he did with the Philadelphia Eagles, and in some ways I thought I was kind of hoping he would replicate some of the techniques that he used in Philadelphia. When Douglas arrived with the Eagles, what he did was the Eagles had a core of high-end young talent, and he got those guys to sign contract extensions to keep them with the team for a long time. And at the time he was hired by the Jets, I was thinking, okay, well, maybe Douglas will go in the, that same direction with the Jets. Well, things have changed over the last year, and one of the most obvious ways it's changed is going back to that event a year ago where the Jets unveiled their new uniforms. And when they did that, it's not that the Jets unveiled new uniforms, not that fact, but it's the players that they used to unveil those new uniforms because they used six players who were like the high-end talent on the team at the time. And those players were Robbie Anderson, Leonard Williams, Jamal Adams, Sam Darnold, Quincy Inunua, and Chris Herndon. And of those six players, Robbie Anderson's left in free agency. Leonard Williams has been traded. Jamal Adams has been traded. Quincy Inunua, you know, may never play with the Jets again. And Herndon and Darnold are really the only of those six players who were kind of like the core of the team a year ago. Only two of them are still on the team. You have Herndon and Darnold, and Herndon himself is coming off a serious injury off a, a lost season. So, you know, if you look at it now, maybe the Jets did not have much of a core to build around. And Joe Douglas really had a deeper job building the Jets than he did when he started with the Eagles. This is a much tougher job. Joe Douglas is essentially starting from close to square one with the Jets. And while I still think you could have made an a credible argument to re-sign Jamal Adams when you're starting from square one you need as many draft picks as you can get and even though Jamal Adams was a great player with the Jets Jets weren't winning with him you can't win with just one player with one great player in the NFL you need multiple great players and Adams was really the only asset the Jets had who could bring back multiple early round picks in a trade and the reason I say you ha- need to have draft picks in the NFL is quite simple. Um, it's different from any other league. You cannot build through free agency in the NFL. And this is an argument I get into with people frequently. And sometimes people will bring up the NBA. The NBA is different. People talk about build- how teams build through free agency in the NBA. The NBA is different because LeBron's a free agent in the NBA. You know, Kevin Durant becomes a free agent in the NBA. Kawhi Leonard becomes a free agent in the, in the NBA. The LeBrons and Durants and Kawhis of the NFL don't hit free agency. When was the last time Aaron Rodgers hit free agency? 
those guys, the guys who are the genuine franchise makers, they don't they don't hit free. And I know if someone's going to say Brady. Well, Brady, Tom Brady was in his 40s when he hit free agency. Who was the last who was the last genuine franchise changer who who hit free agency? It was probably Peyton Manning back in 2012. So that was like um, eight years passed between Brady and Manning's free agency. And in both cases, there were major extenuating circumstances, Brady being in his 40s, Manning coming off a career-threatening injury. And if you go prior to that, I mean, maybe it was Drew Brees, who himself was coming off a career-threatening injury six years earlier, back in 2006. The difference makers don't. The difference makers who you build your team around just don't hit free agency in the NFL. And there, I think there were two major reasons for that. Is for, first of all, NFL teams have the franchise tag which means that they can prevent their best players from hitting free agency just by giving them the franchise tag. But I think the second reason is just more the nature of the NFL, because in this league, you can suffer a career-altering injury at any moment, which will destroy your ability to get a big contract in the future. And the reason that's significant is that with that thought in your head as a player, I think it probably makes you more likely when your team comes to you with a contract extension, even if it's not everything that you want, if it's like 80% of what you want, you're, in, you're probably more inclined to sign it just because of the risk you take as an NFL player. The players who hit free agency are frequently flawed in some way. And, you know, they're pro- sometimes they're the good players who want to be paid like they're great players. Sometimes they just have unrealistic contract expectations. And when you try and build your team through free agency, well, you get what the Jets had. You get, you get bad contracts. You get Trumaine Johnson. You get Le'Veon Bell. But we're all hoping Le'Veon Bell has a bounce back year, but right now that does not look like a great contract. You get contracts like C.J. Mosley, which through one year don't look that great. And I think you, know, you kind of question in today's NFL, even if Mosley has a good season, is he really worth $17 million? What you try and do is you try and find the players who are the good market values. You try and find, and I think the, arguably what the Jets did this offseason, we'll see how these guys produce, but you try and find guys like Pierre Desir trying to bounce back off a bad season who comes cheap. You help find supporting players through free agency who are reasonably priced. That's, that's the way you approach free agency. And for too long, the Jets have been trying to build through free agency. They've been trying to get all of their impact players through free agency. And that's just not something that really works in the NFL. And that's one of the reasons the Jets are where they are. They have not drafted well enough. And part of that, again, goes back to not having enough draft picks. Because, A, you want to bring in as many young, talented players as you can through the draft because these players are cheap. You know, your first four years in the NFL, you're not making a lot of money. You don't have to pay them big money. But you also want to have a lot of picks because the draft is really unpredictable. You don't know how players are going to... You, you do your best to figure it out. I mean, that's part of the scouting process. But at the end of the day, when you're dealing with 20, 21, 22-year-olds, it's very difficult to project 10 years how they're going to be. And sometimes things happen with these guys where they don't produce and it's not even their fault because they you know, suffer a serious injury that nobody could have anticipated. You want to build in as much margin for error as possible. So when you're starting from square one like the Jets are, you need as many picks as possible. And in trading atoms and getting multiple first round picks for two straight years that's the kind of thing that can really help accelerate a rebuild locked on jets podcast here on this wednesday talking about where i think the jets are right now as a franchise here in the nfl and in the last segment i talked about how i was hoping when joe douglas was hired that he would make an effort to extend some of the young talent on the jets long term and as it turned out a lot of that young talent was not long for this franchise and 
even in the aftermath of the Jamal Adams trade, there are, even though, and I, uh, I do think it was probably the right move, I do have some regrets, and one of them is just the fact that I think the Jets probably could have, if the Jets, in a world where the Jets re-signed Adams, perhaps it sends a statement to the league that this is a place where players want to be. And I think the Jets have struggled with their perception issue across the league in recent years as they've lost, as they've made poor decisions, that they there have been other distractions off the field. And I think that, you know, for the stability of the team, I think there was a case to be made that signing Adams could have sent a message across the league because the Jets have had trouble signing free agents. The Jets have typically in recent years only been able to sign guys who either had no market or who the Jets drastically overpaid. So I think that that is one negative. But ultimately, I think in order for the Jets to just improve their perception, what they have to do is win. What they have to do is become the team of now become the team of now in the NFL and even though they're not the team of now at this moment they now have the draft capital to potentially build a winning team to build a young core of talent and while the Adams trade in one sense maybe made it more difficult in the short run for the Jets to attract free agents and improve their reputation across the league in the long run maybe it makes it easier because if the Jets are winning, if the Jets are an exciting young team, that's the team people are going to want to play for. So again, this all comes back to just, I think that the current view of the Jets franchise is long-term. It's not short-term. They're not the team of now. They're a team for later. And hopefully later, they will become a team for now. And you can say whatever you want, but I at least now see a clear plan with the Jets. I think that even if you're not that excited about the 2020 season, which... Why wouldn't? Why would you not be excited about the 2020 season? Anything can happen in the NFL, and as I said, it's not like the Jets are just giving up on the season. They're going to play hard. They're going to try and win games. But even if they don't, there's a clear plan for the future, which is quite a departure. Because I would say, under the last couple of general managers for the Jets, the Jets were neither a team for now or nor a team for later because they were not putting good rosters on the field. But you saw no clear plan. You saw no attempt to add extra draft picks. You saw very little long-term vision. You saw big free agent spending that was inefficient. Will this plan work? That remains to be seen. It's easy to have a plan. It's difficult to execute it. But in the past, the Jets have not even had a plan. As easy as it is to have a plan, past Jets general managers really have not had a plan. So at least now with Joe Douglas, you have a general manager with a plan. And it's the right plan. It's really the, it's the one plan that can work in the NFL. In other sports, there are a number of different ways you can build a winner. The NFL, there's really only one path because of the way the league is set up, because of certain rules, because of structural issues within the league. There's really only one path to building a winner. And the Jets are at least trying to embark on that path. So you root for the team this year. And if the Jets have a good 2020 season, then you can be very happy. But even if they don't, the future really looks bright for this franchise right now. And again, I'll emphasize, it's a team that's going to try and win now. But even if they don't, this is a team that's set up really well for later. That's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you like our show, subscribe to it and please leave it a good review. I hope you have a great Wednesday, everybody. We will be back tomorrow with our weekly mailbag.